Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I've worked in emergency medicine for 11 years, and I've seen a lot of death, yet I'm so afraid of dying. Any advice on how I can be at peace with dying mortality? That is the question. What is the answer? Depends on whom you ask. This is Wretched Radio. Dr. Jordan Peterson, he's all the rage these days. Sitting in the Q&A hot seat, a question from the audience about death and mortality. And it is worth reminding ourselves that Jordan Peterson has some things to teach us, but other things that need to be eschewed. And we need to be letting people who follow Jordan Peterson know not every Everything that he dishes out is worth consuming. This is a man who I know is dabbling in Christianity, but if he has any religion that is definitive at all, it is Jungianism. I I don't know if that's a correct use of the word, but he loves Carl Jung. He loves psychology. He loves talking about the philosophers who are not anywhere near Christian, even though he maintains to some degree that he seems to dig Christianity, even if it isn't true. What can we learn from this fellow? Well, I think we need to learn why it is that he's so popular. Number one. He, he does not talk dumb to people. He uses big words. And his following, his, the, the number one demographic that digs Jordan Peterson, young males. And yet, he doesn't talk to them like they're knuckleheads at a youth group on Wednesday night. Let's learn that lesson. It's actually attractive to people. It actually makes him look like he might, you know, know something. Second. It's interesting, Jordan Peterson, he's got to be pushing 60 if he hasn't hit the big 6-0 yet. And yet young men in particular follow him. And he dresses, oh, Jimmy, what is that word I'm looking for? He dresses like not a Bo Brummel. Well, he is kind of a Bo Brummel kind of guy. An adult. Mm. He dresses like an adult. He puts on a suit and a tie and he doesn't apologize for it. Why he does it? I don't know, but it doesn't repel young people. He's articulate. That's to be certain. His voice is quirky and interesting. And he has ideas that seem to make sense to help people navigate their way through life. And that's attractive. We can learn those lessons from him. But we also need to be reminded this is not a man that can be relied on to dole out truth, especially when it comes to eternally important issues like mortality. Well, Socrates, but implicit in Socrates' apology is the following idea. Imagine you lived your life fully. That would mean that you, you said what you had to say when you had to say it. You did what you needed to do when you needed to do it, and you availed yourself of every opportunity that came your way. So you'd exhaust yourself in the service of your life. You know where he's going. 
if if you live your life like you're riding a bull named Fu Manchu, you can die happy. Let's just for a moment assume, okay, that's satisfying. But what about all of the preceding years where I haven't? What do, what do I do with that baggage? What do I do with my past? What do I do with squandered moments? What do I do with guilt? Shame. Let's say. Maybe by the time you were old, you'd have had enough. You know, and you could just let go. And, I, you know, you do see this with people is that, and we kind of know this even when we grieve, you know, maybe you have a relative who's 95 and they die and, and people are sad, but you say, well, you know, they lived a full life and the fuller the life, the less, in some ways, the less catastrophic the demise appears to be. Actually, I don't think so, because death is still a stinker. Death is still an invasion into God's perfect existence for his people. Death is scary. There's a reason this question was asked. The book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 15, informs us that everybody has this innate sense. Now, I'm taking, I'm taking the verse out of context, because anytime you read just a verse, you're taking it out of context. It says, And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It's innate. Death, it's foreboding. Death was an enemy. Everybody realizes, Zoink Scoob, if I take my last breath, I'm going to meet my maker. So this question is crucial. And when we realize that, even if somebody has led a pretty prolific life, it's still a tragic thing. It is a, an effect of the fall. It's a consequence of sin. So no matter how wonderful somebody's life was, it's still a loss. So Jordan hasn't helped us yet, has he? And so it might be that if you fully exhausted yourself, I know, you know, people, I said, I mentioned this already, people who are old and they look back in their life, they're often sorrowful and regretful for the things they didn't do, you know, the things they left undone and maybe now can't do. You know, you could imagine those of you who've been parents, maybe have grown kids now, you think, well, if you could have children again, would you? No, I like Jordan Peterson, but it appears he really hasn't given this much thought, has he? And he should. Apparently, 60 is going to be 61 this summer, huh, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah, you better be thinking about this a little more, I don't know, biblically. And maybe the answer is yes, but, but another answer is, well, you know, I, I had kids already. I already did that. And, and, and if you did that, well, maybe that's enough. You know, we have grandkids now, and that's not exactly the same as having kids. It's sort of, it's kids light, right? And, and it's wonderful. But you made a joke about that when you were on stage. You know, you said they have all the advantages of children. Can I just inject this observation? Freel, do you ever not? I, I know when a man is on, on his mark, <laughs> when he's speaking, <laughs> this ain't a fellow who's confident in what he's saying. None of the disadvantages, and that's a joke, but everybody laughs because everybody gets that, and it's great to have grandchildren, and 
Like, would we return to our youth and do it again? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer, right? Because would you want this guy on your deathbed? No. Why would we want our Christian brothers and sisters then downloading Jordan Peterson philosophy? Well, you just don't have the, you can't tell what you decide unless that option was actually available to you. And maybe the answer is yes, and maybe the answer is no, because, you know, been there, done that, on to whatever the next thing. All right, this goes nowhere. I think, we, I think we've gleaned that. Let us turn to an alternative source and ask the same question. What do I do about my fear of death? Well, let's go to two Bible verses that tackle it head on. Not rambling, nothing about grandkids, nothing about Socrates. Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, let's get the context, shall we? Chapter 2, verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. He's talking about Jesus Christ and his redemptive work and what it has accomplished, bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. I will put my trust in him. Here am I and the children whom God has given me. Whoa, there's something big that's going to happen in the future. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, likewise, Jesus, shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels. He does give aid to the seed of Abraham. That's good news. There's a future. Death is a passage. Then if you scoot over to the great death chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, Go to the end for context. Now this I say, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I tell you a mystery. We will not sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible, will be changed. We put on something that is incorruptible. Oh, death, where's your sting? Hades, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. With all due respect to the very popular doctor, I think the Bible's answer a lot more definitive and a lot more comforting. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, 
MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. Are you, like the rest of us, tired of the same old Christian TV shows? Well, then look no further than Transformed. Season 2 has just been released. If you saw Season 1, then you know Transformed is not your typical Christian production. It offers a unique perspective on biblical counseling by sharing the stories and struggles of people with real issues who are seeking real solutions. I seem to be singled out for mistreatment. Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University hosts the show together with Dale Johnson, Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. By viewing our circumstances first and not who God is, our judgment's clouded and Cain is a great example of that. If you are ready to transform your walk with Christ with a profound and lasting impact, Transform Season 2 is available now at wretched.org slash store. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Irenaeus was an apologist and disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of the Apostle John. He served as the Bishop of Lyon and wrote against heresies, a refutation of Gnosticism and Docetism, in which he demonstrated the coherence and necessity of the Incarnation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, if that didn't make you appreciate the Bible more, this should do it. This is Wretched Radio, Dr. Jordan Peterson. As best I can tell, he swung, he missed wildly on the question, how do I overcome my fear of death? There is only one way, and that is to have death conquered by a hero. And we have that victory in Christ. It is assured. It's not across your fingers. Hope not to die. I just hope it goes okay. No, we have a confident hope. When we die, our bodies will eventually on the last day be raised to join our spirits. Remember, 
We are dualistic in nature, not in our thinking, but in our nature. We're body and soul. Our soul will go to be with the Lord as soon as we die. But on the great resurrection day, no matter what your eschatology is, your body's going to unite with your soul and it will be incorruptible and it will live forever. Because of Jesus Christ, it is a verity. You can take this to the bank. And you can have your fear of death overcome. And I know whereof I speak, I never get tired of sharing the terrors that I had about death before God saved me. Whew. Scared like a nobody's business. I did not know who God was. We were not a church-going family. But I had nightmares about dying because I knew I had a conscience that was alive and well. This ain't going to end well for me when I step off of this planet into eternity. (laughs) When God saved me, gone. And over the decades, I can also tell you without being maudlin, or somehow being a death seeker. Um, the idea of dying is uh, increasingly interesting to me in that it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It'll be the best day of your life. Oh, I get it. I understand. I understand the earthly components. And maybe you've heard this before at a funeral. But believe me, the person who dies and goes to heaven If you're concerned about dying is, I don't want to be separated from my loved ones. I'm going to miss them. You won't. You won't. They're there. That's just time. Nothing in heaven. You will be enraptured by something so glorious, so heavy, so weighty, so profound, so good, so otherly. You you aren't going to be thinking about what's happening on this planet. And the next thing you know, if your family is saved, they're going to be joining you for all of eternity. And you're going to have a body united to your soul, which will live forever on a physical heaven, which is the new earth. That gives you joy. That will eventually not only help you overcome your fear of death. It'll actually move you to looking forward to the day. Nope, not the process, not clicking my heels over that. Believe me. Now, the only person that I can think of that's a bigger crybaby than I am when I'm sick, it would be Jimmy. Thank you. But other than that, I'm the king of crybaby. It's a mo, my elbow is really mo. I don't know that I can drive today. I'm not looking forward to the process, but I am looking forward to the outcome. Jordan Peterson doesn't have an answer to the question, how do I overcome my fear of death? The Bible does. The world does not. The world system offers nothing. For instance, this New York Times article, this was this just came out in January. Three steps to age exuberantly. Oh, do tell me. This is from a new book, The Swedish Art of Aging Exuberantly, Life Wisdom. From someone who will probably die before you. The author is 86 years old, best-selling author. And the credit, apparently right in the subtitle, is uh, she knows something about death. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know anything about death because she hasn't died yet. But the Bible does because the author of it died, rose again, knows everything about it. One of his purposes in coming was to defeat death and the devil that we might have everlasting. He's the one who knows. But let's give a listen to the 86-year-old Swede who writes about aging exuberantly. Get ready, Jimmy. This is, this is some stuff. 
Oh, oh, it's a game changer. Taking notes. Number one, embrace Kert Besbeer. That's that's Swedish right there. Oh. Kert Besbeer. It's a phrase that means dear or cherished and pain. One Kesbeer might be paying your bills. An annoying obligation, but you're still grateful that you have the money to pay for it. Okay. So in other words, death, well, it's a bad thing, but it's simultaneously good. So maybe Kertbisbeer is the same as like a schadenfreude. It's sad and joyful simultaneously. Does that help you live exuberantly? Is there any hope in that statement? Is there any reason that I should anticipate death favorably? Nothing. Words, empty chatter. The world has nothing. And what about the pain? Are you telling me that if I'm in my deathbed and it hurts? No, no, thank you, Doc. I don't need any pain medication. I'm just going to repeat Kert Besvere over and over again. <sighs> Step number two surround yourself with the young. Oh, okay. Because if you do, hearing about their plans and prospects is a way to stay in tune with the young person you yourself were at some point. That helping you? You feeling feeling better about dying? Number three, say yes whenever possible. Now, this is going to be a New York Times bestseller. To age exuberantly, you must actively recognize internalized ageism and fight against it. Saying yes as often as you can is, in effect, saying yes to life. Being curious and exploratory, being part of a community. Give it a try, whatever it is. Maybe you'll go to a party and be the last to leave because you're having such a good time. Oh, Jimmy, are we done with this program for the day? Almost. I need to go live exuberantly now that I know these three factoids. Nothing. The world's got nothing. Another demonstration of that. Vanity, vanity. The world is filled with it. NPR. Ten pieces of well-worn life advice you may need to hear right now. Oh, that didn't click, baby. So here are the well-worn pieces of advice you need to hear right now from therapists, career coaches, relationship experts, and writers. That actually could be the job description for a lot of pastors these days. <laughs> I wish I were actually kidding about that. Go read some of the job descriptions for pastors. You're going to ask the question, um, did you ever ask what the Bible has to say the qualifications for a shepherd are? Apparently not. You're looking for an organizer, a leader, a vision caster, somebody who uses his time well and knows how to lead people, is good with numbers. What 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 about Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 2 and 3? Here are the 10 pieces of well-worn advice you need to hear right now. One, there's more than one way to do something. Oof. That comes from a clinical psychologist, Jimmy. More than one way to do something. My grandfather used to say that. Here's a marriage and family therapist. The hate will come at the same rate as the love. Oh, I needed that. Right now. Number three, from a relationship coach. Now, that 
Jimmy, I'm about to change your life. Probably change Mrs. Hicks' life, but are you? I hope you're sitting down for this one. This okay. this was actually from NPR. That would be your national public radio. Do smaller loads of laundry. Whoa, whoa! That is just a a tide of great information. I'm gonna have to sit downy for that one. <laughs> if Steve Lawson were here, it would go on for about seven minutes. Number four, from a professor of psychology at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Being vulnerable means taking off our armor. Whoa. I think I heard that on the Oprah before. Number five, from, what is this? Somebody who wrote a, re- a reality dating series. Did you know it? I this was disgusting. And it's a TV show. I, and I, and I, I'd read about it. Somebody sent it to idea at wretched.org and, and on the, whatever that channel was, we must have had it parked there for something. And the commercial, apparently it's like a mansion and it's older ladies with like teenage and 20 something sons. They all go there and all of the sons end up being frisky with somebody else's mother. Who's also the kid is there. Hey, that's quality TV. Right there. So apparently this person has written some sort of dating series. Go where the energy goes. Ah, Number six, it's not all about you. Uh, Yes, it is. Number seven, from a financial therapist. What? Expect yourself to change. Eight, from a licensed therapist. When people show you who they are, believe them. Number nine, from a grief counselor. Pace out your self-improvement. And ten, it's okay to say, I don't know, from a clinical psychologist. Now go and live exuberantly, because you know everything you need to know about life right now. I think I'll stick with the Bible. This is Wretched Radio. Books of the Bible Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Want to take a grippy sock vacation? Me, me, me neither. This is Wretched Radio. I don't know that term. You probably don't know that lingo, but the whippersnappers do. It appears kids are so depressed, lonely, anxious, fearful, that they actually joke, sometimes not so jokingly, that they need a grippy sock vacation. And you could probably noodle through what that means. Grippy socks being the little booties that they give to people who are in some sort of psychiatric care in a hospital or at a facility. The kids joke about it. It's the no-skid socks during inpatient mental health stays. And it's not always a joke. This is from Yahoo. I need a grippy sock vacation, breaking down the Gen Z slang term for a trip to an inpatient psychiatric facility. If you happen to be writing articles, please, could you just abbreviate and just very cryptically state, we all know the kids are hurting because I don't want to read two more pages. We all get it. 
This generation is struggling. Not all of them, certainly. But if all of these surveys are correct, there are major consistent markers with Gen Z, Gen Xers, and even some millennials. Loneliness, purposelessness, depression, anxiety. They're afraid of the future, so they're not getting married. Because, well, what if we get divorced? What is lurking behind that? We do well to answer that question because maybe you could cite a poll or a survey or a study that indicates otherwise, and there might be a bit of variance, but our Christian kids don't appear to be immune to this mental health trend. Why? What? What? What is? How could this be? Maybe you've even asked yourself the question, wait a second, we raised up our kids differently than the world. We didn't helicopter parent. We didn't block every bad thing out of the way. We made them get a job when they were 16. How could this have happened? Why is my kid feeling exactly the same way the world's kids are feeling? And I think we're up against something big here. I don't think that anybody should adhere to a specific cause for this. But we should be discussing them, shouldn't we? More on grippy sock vacations. Here's the statistics. They're Thankfully, rather brief, suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people aged 15 to 24. Suicide. Yikes. An individual founded a mental health support app in 2016. This individual has made past suicide attempts and spent time in a psychiatric hospital at the age of 18. She tells Yahoo, the world is kind of losing it. And we're looking at that and saying, what's the point? We have a lot of mental health problems in this generation, and we've inherited a world that's really scary. There's there's fear, again, of the future. And we kind of felt like adults could fix it. But now we've realized the adults have caused it. So they've inherited a mess in their estimation, which incidentally, I think think this is fair. Doesn't every young generation think the same? Which, Which is why they want to make the world a better place. Because they don't think that mom and dad did such a hot job of making this utopia. And so they strive to make the world a better place. And the world will be a better place for you. But the kids these days, they have now responded not with saying, let's make it better. But let's take a grippy sock vacation. This is a change. And mom and dad, not to scare you, but frankly, I think it is scary. Your kids are up against this. I was reading the the pornography statistics, sorry, from memory. But kids saying that they watch it, they were first introduced to it at school. And you say, aha, I'm safe. I homeschool. So that they don't have that opportunity. Well, aha, it turns out while the number is statistically less, they they aren't free from those temptations or opportunities to look at filthy images. We're up against it here with our kids. Uh, they're hurting. They are genuinely hurting. And honestly, if I hear snowflake one more time, mm, I've never liked that term. It's a pejorative that's intended to make ourselves feel like, well, our generation, you know, we pretty much did everything right. But these kids, okay. So these kids are up against something. And unless there's some sort of meeting that took place in Geneva where teenagers decided we're all going to be very angsty into our 30s, something's afoot. 
there's something of something has changed. I know lots of things have I know that. But in Christian homes, I don't think things have changed that much. With the exception, of course, of social media. Nevertheless, this mental health app maker states our societal safety nets have been removed to the point where the mental health hospital has kind of become this symbol of being one of the only places where you can go to be tended to and formally say, I'm not dealing with life well. Youth pastor, pastor, that's how kids are thinking. Not all of them, of course not. But it seems that they would like to have an adult that they can talk to about these things. In fact, back to that pornography article on the statistics of pornography, kids actually said they do want to talk to an adult, specifically their mom and dad. And those who said that they did were glad for the conversation. This generation, you can, you can look at the differences, but I think that there are some really good differences. And and I know it can go too far, but they're willing to be transparent. Maybe sometimes too transparent, but there is an extreme on the other end where we're never transparent. We never express that we're having difficulties and struggling through the day with NyQuil at your side. These kids would like to talk. They would like to be engaged in these issues. Got it? Got it? Sorry. Didn't plan it. Freel, you have not planned anything on this program. Road Trip to Truth. We actually talk about this. Jimmy, I think season three. Season three, episode two. Ah, look at you. <laughs> season three. Uh, it's about the dangers of social media. Uh, your brain on technology. Yeah, your brain on technology. Our kids our kids need to talk about these things. I, I would tell you, if you show episode two, you that that conversation could go on for weeks. Now, of course, you want to be studying the Bible, but it's your job to incorporate it into the questions that they're asking. Give them biblical answers. They want to talk about it. We want a place to say I'm not dealing with life well. So they're they're choosing a psychiatric ward. Church doesn't even come to mind for them. Ouch. So Grippy Socks Vacation is partially a joke, but it's also a way for this generation to say, I cannot do this anymore. I need a break. Mm. On the TikTok machine, the hashtag Grippy Sock Vacation has over 72 million views. And Grippy Sock Vacation has 16.8 million. And where many of the videos are set to the they are set to the instrumental track. Grippy Sock Vacation by Gabe Smith. In other words, this is, a, this is a fruit. The deeper root is our kids are struggling. And we need to absolutely, positively keep downloading truth. You can't download enough truth because the problem is the world is downloading their truth so rapidly. They are getting it so fast in every form. It comes in through the music. I was walking through the parking lot to get to my car, which is because I usually park my car in a lot. The point is, there was there was some teenager sitting in a in a pickup truck, which ain't uncommon in the South. And honestly, the music that I could just hear thumping out of the cab gave me the shivers. And it wasn't just because I'm coming down with something. The point is, it was just this awful banging into their head, dark and yelling and angry sounding. I don't think it had anything to do with Handel's Messiah. It was just bleak. That's just one source 
of information flooding into our kids, social media, their eyeballs at school, everything that they watch, all the YouTube videos, Netflix, all of it. So we need to continue downloading truth. But I would also ask this. Is it possible, as awful as this is going to sound and so countercultural, because, well, it is. How can we cut some of these things out of our kids' lives? How can you do it when your kids are surrounded by this? Everywhere they go, they breathe it in. They see other kids on their cell phones. The other kids are looking at the porn. The other kids are listening to the terrible music. And no, we're not going to move to a commune. Sorry, Glenn Beck. I know it sounds charming to move to the middle of nowhere to hide from all of this. We are salt and light. We live in this world. But how do we stay in this world with not being of this world? And how do we protect our kids from it? Number of Gen Z people identifying as transgender, twice that of millennials. Why? Because of social media. Headline from the American conservative, the social illness. What is, what is this is an, an article, but there are some studies that they use to support it. What is the social illness? Answer, social media. And by the way, I've also been reading some of these filters that the kids have where you can track their stuff. These kids are so good at it, they can get around virtually anything. How is a mom and dad to not just download truth, but to protect their children? This will be our ongoing exploration on Wretched Radio. Typical radio commercials will have one big shebang, the opening line. Do we have your attention now? This particular commercial has eight. Have we got your attention now? MediShare, affordable biblical health sharing, will save the average family $500 per month. Second, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to typical health insurance. Double, that's that's times two if you weren't homeschooled. A massive network of providers to choose from. MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. They've been around for 25 years. $4 billion in healthcare bills have been shared. If you call them now, you will save on the joining fee. They're going to erase it. That's another $170. This is a limited time offer, which means make it snappy. Call one 844 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Did I mention 844-34-BIBLE to get your MediShare quote in under two minutes? Hey, thank you for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. You ready to take a trip? You know, a road trip to truth. (laughs) Okay, so that's a bad pun. But if you haven't picked up a copy of season three of Road Trip yet, you're missing out on some pretty big truths. John Fabares is back and dives into some pretty big topics like genders and justice and the Bible and Christmas and a whole lot of others. And with 70% of kids leaving the faith when they enter college, Road Trip to Truth is here to help you help your kids before they head to university. And resources like Road Trip to Truth are only possible because of the kind and generous support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner already, let me point you to wretched.org slash donate because there you can find out more about what it looks like to become an ongoing Wretched Gospel Partner. Again, that's wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Master's Academy International. 
training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org slash Bible. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 describes the Son of Man who came from heaven, received worship from all nations, and rules a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Jesus uses this title to affirm that he is fully human and fully divine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Definitive proof afterlife tourism should be discontinued. Now, this is Wretched Radio. No doubt you've seen one of the myriads of books or movies about people who purport to die and take a trip to heaven or spend 23 minutes in hell. It's the heavenly tourism industry, but there are some people who claim, no, I went in the other direction, and I would like to suggest to you, I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers definitive proof people are not dying going to an eternal realm, and then somehow being yanked back. It is appointed unto men once to die, then judgment. Your fate is sealed. Furthermore, there is nothing that anybody can tell us about heaven or hell that we need to know. Because if we needed to know it, the Bible would tell us. Headline, a priest, a Michigan-based priest, suffered a heart attack, went to hell. In 2016, here's what he saw. Quote, he claims he saw a man walking on all fours like a dog. Yeeks. And getting burned from head to toe. His eyes were bulging. And worse than that, he was wearing chains on his neck. He was like a hellhound. There was a demon holding the chains. Now, that, that sounds a little like Dante to me. But nevertheless, he also heard music in hell. What was playing on the house sound system? See, this is how I know. This, this is ridiculous. Rihanna's umbrella and Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Now, I'm not a fan of Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy either. But come on, there's no way that that can be the house music in hell. We all know what that's going to be. <laughs> So let's be done with the afterlife tourism industry, shall we? And let's continue exploring what we might be able to do to help our kids. I think that Christian kids are in crisis mode, too. Let's not be deceived. It's not just the world's kids who are struggling. Our kids are struggling, despite your best efforts, mom and dad. And I believe that you have been making best efforts. And frankly, you probably haven't done much different than your parents did. We... We tend not to, unless, of course, you improve 
but our kids seem to be hurting as much as the rest of the kids. And they are, they, you're up against it. Taylor Swift is against you. You say, hmm, speaking of Taylor Swift, might that be the music that's played for eternity next to the Lake of Sulphur? We could debate that another time. She said, quote, I'm a Christian. And people with Christian values support abortion. Do your kids love the Taylor? Then they're hearing about her worldview and they are being taught. Now, you decide if your kids should be listening to Taylor Swift or not. That isn't the point of this. The point is that somebody like Taylor Swift is indoctrinating your children. In a new Netflix documentary about her life, Miss Americana, Swift insisted that she is a Christian. In August, she told The Guardian she supports legalized abortion. Obviously, I'm pro-choice. Well, obviously you shouldn't be if you're a Christian. Here's another statistic indicating that our kids are, they're, they're, they are not seeing the world the same way. I think that's a good way to put it. They simply do not see the world the same way. Yeah, there's a lot about our planet that has changed. But the fundamental stuff is still there. Why does it seem to cause them so much consternation? Millennials' ability ambition comes into question following new polls. This is from Fox News. 35% of millennials across America rely on their parents to pay their bills. And part of this is that they're, they're struggling to go out into the workplace. Polls found 63% of millennial and Gen Z have experienced feelings of burnout. In addition... They've reported not knowing how to accomplish certain tasks that were once expected of adults. This is why we hear the term adulting. I'm going to be doing some adulting. I'm going to do this adult-like thing. Now, we can mock it, as I suspect a fair amount of conservative outlets will do. Or we can ask the question, what's happening? Who's doing this to our kids? Because you're not doing it, mom and dad. Who is? And it's not just Taylor Swift. Some of the reported tasks were conducting an oil, uh, conducting an oil change, changing a tire, tying a tie, jump-starting a car, and sewing a hole. Okay. I don't know how to sew a hole either. The point is, they see these as big, daunting tasks. Why are Americans using psychoactive brew Ayahuasca? Jimmy, I think you're taking that stuff, aren't you? Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> Never heard of it. I think. I wonder if that's inside of the NyQuil that I've been guzzling. <laughs> Why are Americans using psychoactive brew Ayahuasca to cure mental health issues? It's a psychoactive and entheogenic brewed drink. Huh. Those who drink it report seeing shapes and... Co- oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> They're trying to help their mental health, but what they end up doing is seeing dreamlike journeys... That can last several hours. Some say they encounter dead relatives as well as friends and an assortment of spirits who talk to them. And I don't doubt that for a second. Paul said, Ixnay on the pharmakia. Don't don't be doing the drugs because you have in your Bible, it probably says witchcraft. Hold on a second. I think I've got it. I think I got a thing on this in my pile of stuff that I've never quite gotten to. Yeah. Ho ho ho. Bring on the NyQuil, baby. It's working right now. What is pharmakia in the Bible? From Galatians 5.20, you see the word, hey, sorcery, witchcraft, sorcerer. Ancient Greek uses pharmakia closely mirror the generic modern English word drugs. 
the Greek root word and produced English terms such as pharmacy and pharmacist. Why? Because the people who were into paganism and witchcraft, they would use drugs to get people in contact with the netherworld. This is something that we've heard consistently for decades from those people who got hooked on meth. They talk about seeing the shadow people in the trees, dancing around, running into their house, out of their house. What are they seeing? I think they are getting a glimpse into that world. And I think that that Bible verse gives us permission to agree that Ayahuasca does just that. Mood-altering substances were used in connection to ancient religious practices. Temples, such as those in Greece, sometimes used mind-altering drugs in fortune-telling and oracles. These may have included natural vapors and deliberately concocted mixtures. When Paul wrote Galatians and John recorded Revelation, these practices would have been a part of pagan idolatry. Nevertheless, as scary as that is, people are willing to take them. Why? Because they're hurting and, and they want to figure out a way. Ah, how do I deal with this stuff? How do I face a flat tire? Now, you can, we can giggle at that, but it's not funny. Our kids, we love the world's kids too, but our kids, they are feeling the same way. Let me return you to the American conservative, the social illness. Mom and dad, you do with this as you see fit. The Institute for Family Studies and Ethics. Public Policy Center found 80% of parents, regardless of political party, want parental consent required before a minor opens a social media account. And 77% want to have administrative level access to what kids are seeing and doing online. By the way, uh, this this ain't just a small thing. In France, they are actually presenting legislation to block pornography. Headline from Euronews. Pornography in France, a new initiative to block access for minors. Got to have age certification. 2023 is the end of for pornographic sites for our children, said the Minister of Digital Affairs. France will be the first country in the world to propose a solution like this. France's response to what our kids are being exposed to? Block them. And hey, if the French are willing to do it, I don't know why we... Christian parents might not want to consider that. Akron, Ohio. Fascinating. Headline. No more phones. Akron Public Schools to lock away some student cell phones in pilot program. Five to one board members said, we got to get rid of the cell phones. The kids are distracted. They watch it during class. It's diminishing their attention span. TikTok and Instagram send teens down rabbit holes of eating disordered drug and sexual content. Pornography is everywhere. Not just Pornhub, YouTube, Spotify, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Predators are all over social media. The design of apps affects kids' brain development and mental health. That's the one I want to explore, and I will do so increasingly. What is this stuff doing to our kids that we can't seem to counter by having solid Christian homes? And what should be our response? Because of social media, teens today don't know how to live in the real world. This is, again, an article from the American Conservative. We are allowing an entire generation to grow up online. They become dopamine robots. They don't know how to form real-life relationships or confront and cope with real-life disappointments and emotions. And screens are neutering kids' natural abilities to be imaginative and creative. We are losing what it means to be human. The stakes are high. And so they are, mom and dad.
Is it going to be a government solution? Well, they might be able to help, perhaps. But a sinful heart is still going to want sinful things. I think we would do well to think that the problem with the kids and their coping skills is not out there. It's inside of the church. Mom and dad, much to ponder. And we will keep doing that here. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.